This is episode six of the Zillica Observer. I'm Chase Raz. It's been a crazy week at the Zillica Observer. We've launched zillicaproject.com and listed around 40 projects and companies in the greater Zillica ecosystem with more coming. The site is an MVP minimum viable product and it's using a non-customizable no-code tool, but the key here is that we're getting this data. We're getting the data, then we can do whatever we want with it. We can move it to Airtable or StackB or even do regular old website development and build it to whatever we want. The data is the key. We've also done our first sweepstakes here on the show. Zillica's facilitating it. We're giving away merch on their behalf. Congratulations to the day money. I don't know if I'm saying that email right. You never know with email addresses. I'm not going to dox the whole thing, but you will be getting an email from me soon. And what I'll need is your address and I'll have Zillica get that merch directly to you. Remember, it was the coffee mug. I'm super, I'm jealous. I don't even have one of those yet. I'll send you that email. And if you could just reply to it pretty quickly. But I realized, but I realized that here at TZO, we don't have email. <laughs> so I'm setting one up right now. Just bear with me. I'll get that email to you. Otherwise, I'll email you personally if that doesn't work within a day. So what else? Uh, Chili Pepper Crypto at Chili Crypto on Twitter has started this meme party. Uh, there was this realization that Zillica didn't have memes, but now we do. I think we're in the hundreds of memes now, so thanks for that, CP. And finally, if you're a YouTube viewer, there are no hard titles or open captions for this episode. Why? Well, first of all, someone was picking on me saying, why are you doing this when people are speaking English? Uh, the reality was there are different dialects of English, there are different accents, and I wanted the podcast to be able to be consumed in all of the English speaking world quite easily. However, today I'm going to be speaking with Oliver Bell from X Academy. Many of you know him as Ollie, but let's just say that I think Ollie and I are going to be really good friends because we have so much to talk about and we enjoyed it so much that we kept going past the half hour mark and even just past the hour mark. I simply don't have the time to correct the AI transcription for that much text and keep to a production schedule. So let me know if this works for you. Let me know if you even notice they're missing other than me calling it out. All right, let's talk to Ollie and then get ready for the next merch giveaway at the end of the show and my final thoughts for the episode. So hi, everybody. Joining me today is Oliver Bell, the CEO of Xcademy. Xcademy is a London-based um, how do you want me to describe this, Oliver? I, I want to say a coaching school for aspiring YouTubers. Would that be right? Um, I mean, it officially started off uh, as the world's uh, first YouTube academy. So obviously, you know, if you want to be a lawyer, you go to law school. If you want to be in the army, you go to an army camp, right? But where right. do you go if you want to be a YouTuber? Um, and it's actually the most wanted job in the world, uh, I think, by an under 26-year-old. I um, mean, every single place in the world besides China. Um, the most wanted job there is to become an astronaut. I wouldn't mind that to be honest with you. I, I wouldn't um, mind that at all either. No, so we, um, I mean, it started off as an online education uh, portal uh, by some of the UK's biggest YouTubers. Um, it worked on a monthly subscription, just kind of teaching people how to become um, a YouTuber and also a better version of themselves by some of the UK's biggest YouTubers. Uh, so it's, 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 it's video content. Well, I'm, I love that you're doing that because if you know, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit behind the scenes. I'm all about education everything I do from my day job, which is not affiliated with this whatsoever. But there I do teach people who are aspiring YouTubers, who are aspiring to be in the business of managing YouTubers, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you for what you do in that space to help move that forward. You and your entire team 
I think I think a lot of it is uh, mental as well. You know, so as well as you know all the stuff you do need to become a YouTuber, a lot of it is mental based. You know, you've just you've got to keep going. You know, what happens when your confidence gets down? How do you deal with trolls? You know, in this current generation, this is the type of stuff that you actually need to learn about. It's not taught in traditional education. Right, uh, right, it, right. It's not like there's there is no lecture in my digital marketing class like it, dealing with trolls part one. It's <laughs> especially on crypto Twitter, right? We need that. We need that. Oh on crypto man, on on crypto Twitter, it's awful. Um, you know, maybe I should start adding that in, but then my students would know I'm I'm in parts of the <laughs> web that that they most likely don't want to find themselves in. Um, so Oliver, is it okay if I call you Ollie? Because I know yeah. you go by Ollie some, and, and yeah, Ollie or Oliver is no problem. At all. Okay, perfect. So as we get started, I, I just want to welcome you to the show and ask, could you give me some information about you as a human being? I tend to ask if we were out on the streets of London, just kicking back, hanging out, which we can't do right now in, in the real world. But if we were able to, what would we talk about when we said, let's put all of this YouTube and all this blockchain stuff aside? Uh, I really like that. Um, I, I feel anything technology, anything technology. Um, oh, we talk forever. Yeah, I'm an absolute tech head, you know, so uh, not just blockchain, you know, I'm, a, I'm an avid gamer. Um, you know, I've been brought up around video games and I'll tell you a funny story uh, a little bit later. Um, yeah, video, I, I would say I would say health, but I'm not really into uh, much fitness. Um, I went for a walk the other day, day, the other day and did a 13,000 steps, which I thought was phenomenal. And well, congrats. Um, no, um, <laughs> I'm so unfit. It, it, it really woke me up a little bit because obviously we've been in lockdown here. Um, so obviously I've not done as much exercise as I thought, um, not congrats. It was a painful experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, once you get out of lockdown, you, we, we can get that taken care of. I've got to get back to it myself. Um, look, your, your history doesn't seem to be about blockchain. You're definitely connected with blockchain now, but mm -hmm. am I correct in understanding that your entry point into all of this, whatever we define it as was YouTube, was that the entry point? Uh, no, actually. So my background, when I was about 15 or 16, um, I used to buy Xbox 360s off eBay. I'm sure you're aware of them. Um, and they had a problem. It was a Red Ring of Death problem. And I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it, right? Red Ring of Death. Yeah. Uh, basically, the CPU or GPU was coming away from the motherboard and mm -hmm. causing an issue with the console. So I was using my mom's credit card and I was buying them on eBay uh, just as faulty. And I was literally flipping around and selling. I was making, I don't know, in US dollars, maybe $25 profit a console. But for me at that age, it was, it was quite a lot of money. Um, and then I kind of accidentally got hold of, of, well, a Microsoft dev kit. This is a really interesting story. I think uh, anyone else is going to like this. Um, we got hold of a Microsoft dev kit, which is not a, a standard Xbox 360 console. Right. Um, a normal console would connect to it, kind of a retail Xbox Live server. Um, the Microsoft dev kit, um, which I fixed, I, it did look just like a normal console, but slightly different color. Um, connected to an internal network called PartnerNet. And from there, I kind of, I started to get a love for kind of technology. Um, I started poking around a little bit. And one day um, I was on PartnerNet, I was fixing this console. And I'm sure you were at the video game, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Yeah, I'm not a Call of Duty player, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah, uh, so what happened is, obviously I was quite young at the time at this point, I think I was about 17. Um, went onto the internal network and I just, oh, all of a sudden this Modern Warfare 3 was available to download because obviously it's just for internal. You're not supposed to be able to access this. Um, so me being me, I'm um, thinking I was cool, you know, started taking photos of it, uh, started playing it. I was playing with a few of the developers. Um, you know, I didn't mean any harm by it, but a lot of the information I was posting online wasn't public. Right. Um, and obviously I was quite young at the time, so I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, I don't know, about a month later, I got a knock on the door. Um, and this is, this is, honestly, this is, this is nuts. Um, and it's, it's Microsoft and Activision. 
um, a private investigator. And it's like six o'clock in the morning, you know, and my mum's, uh, oh, Microsoft's here, Microsoft's here. And I'm, it's almost like you're waking up and it's almost like you're still in a dream, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm in panic mode and my mum's absolutely having a breakdown, you can imagine. Uh, mum lets them in the house, uh, sat at the kitchen table with them. Um, they were the nicest, I mean, the nicest company I've ever had to kind of, I'm going to say, deal with. Um, had a really good conversation with them. Um, I've made some connections there that are still at Microsoft today, which is pretty good. Um, I did get seasons of Steve's and they were like, look, we know you didn't intentionally need to, you know, mean to do anything, but you can't be doing this type of stuff. You know, they were really understanding. Right. Um, one of them actually drove me to uh, college and it was quite funny because I was late. Um, <laughs> and the teacher was like, why are you late? And I was like, oh, uh, Microsoft just dropped me off. Um, and the whole lecture just stopped and I got to explain kind of what happened. It was absolutely nuts. It was it was pretty funny. Um, and from there, kind of my love, I'm going to say, started to grow uh, for technology. Um, obviously, I started to, with a small group of friends, started to work our way around the Xbox 360 console, uh, you know, kind of do some stuff. And there was a, there's digital currencies for online video games. Um, and we basically found a way of farming these games. I don't know if you know of like uh, Madden NFL or FIFA, for example. Yeah. Um, there was a few glitches and you can make trading bots and stuff. Um, and before you know it, we started making some, with some coins and we've sold them to the Chinese because uh, they had a third party value um, in, in pretty big volumes. And then obviously what happened is uh, EA, kind of also got in contact but they, they were really cool as well i, I still speak uh, the guy that actually uh spoke to me about this is our director ea um top top guy he came over to london he took me for a steak and he was like look like you're not on our radar hit list or anything but what you know you can't you can't be doing this stuff you know and i was thinking oh god what am i gonna do for money now you know and i didn't get season to seeds or anything once again um great long-term relationships with, with people there um and then i thought and this is how i got into crypto so this is such a weird one because it was a complete accident and so was X Academy, but I'll get onto that in a minute as well. Um, so what then happened is I thought, okay, what am I going to do for money now? And I was looking at all these uh, online, I'm sure these online, you know, Shopify, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of an instant kind of store. So I was thinking, okay, cool. There's still a demand for this. So I started buying off simply one customer, a retail customer, and just selling to another customer, almost like a brokerage, a premium. Uh, and this was great. And then one day someone came to me and they said, ah, oh, pay me a Bitcoin. And I'm thinking, what, what is bloody Bitcoin? Um, it was an absolute nightmare to buy. Uh, I had to buy on hack forums, went through someone on hack forums and the process took absolutely ages. Um, and then what happened is, cause it took a long time. The supplier guy was like, oh, okay, just pay me in PayPal like normal. I'm getting fed up. I'm stuck with this asset called Bitcoin and I'm reading into it. And to be honest, at this point in time, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was like, this is never going to take off. I think, it, how much was it? $400 maybe. Um, this is never going to take off, you know? Um, so I'm stuck with it. I, I, I did sell it. What did I sell it about? 2016 just before the bull run i think i sold it actually just but just before because i invested in neo which was anxious okay. around in the space a lot of people a lot of people that i bump into have you know had invested in that that's interesting so i started looking at anyway before i just got into neo anxious after i was a little bit confused this bitcoin thing i was like you know i didn't really understand the need for it um at that point in time obviously i do now but more importantly as i looked more into it the thing that did excite me was underlying technology you know, this blockchain technology can make everyday businesses more efficient, more transparent, and any technology that does that is going to become adopted, uh, adopted and worth quite a lot of money, right? That is a, that's, that's an emergent space to be in. Um, so that's where I obviously invested in, uh, I, some, I had some Ethereum early, I had some uh, Ant shares, which then rebounded as Neo. All my friends thought I was absolute 
can I swear on this podcast? Batshit crazy. Um, when I think that one's fine, yeah. I, I said ant shares and people were just looking at me because even the branding, I'm, maybe you can get it up on that in a bit. Um, it was just absolute nuts. And it was, I don't know, dollar back then, just under a dollar. But obviously, then they rebranded as as Neo, which, you know, came a, you know, kind of a, a smart economy. A uh, few people started building on it, but obviously it had the same problem. Um, as I'm going to say Ethereum is now, you know, scalability is a, is a massive problem on Neo. And that's, you know... I got out in 2017, but that's how I got into crypto originally. And I obviously started then growing a following because uh, I was dealing with a lot of friends that had, I'm going to say, decent following on social media. They were retweeting yeah. my tweets. And before you know it, um, I was tweeting what I was buying and people were almost just flocking to follow me and you get messages and stuff. So it was a complete accident to get into cryptocurrency, to be honest with you. What about yourself? Um, you know, as you say that, I'm thinking in my head, I relate to that. It was a complete accident that I got into cryptocurrency <laughs> and and... This, this was not this was not on the professional plan at all um so yeah some similar story there what what interests me is how do you take a jump from that which by the way when i was 16 making money on online um you know what <laughs> let's go ahead and shut that conversation down no there i want to hear it now i want to hear there, it there are people maybe we'll talk off off um it was it was uh you know when i needed family members to cash the checks it was um how am I? How am I going to explain this company name? That's that's the trouble I have. Wait, I want to. Know, I want to know what the company name is now. <laughs> Not on air. So <laughs> no, no, I'm going to leak it on Twitter after the podcast. It was it was one that um I had to find somebody that would let me not only work but work on what was available on the web on the time that I was 16 and wouldn't require a social security number here in the US for payment. You know, so, I'm really trying to work this out in my head right now. I, I don't have a chance, but I'm trying. You'll get there. You, you'll okay. get there. But you know, what's funny is when we when we talk about, in class sometimes, we'll we'll talk about, you know, alignment of a, of a tech position to digital natives. And we, you know, we talk about that in the business space as well, when we're looking at MarTech or BizTech or something like that. We look for digital natives. And what happens is all of these people, just because of their age, come in and they say, well, I'm a digital native. I'm a digital, you know, I've always had a cell phone. I've always been online. I've, I just want to pause and clarify what we mean right now is you, right? You're the digital native. Like, and, and there's a specific moment I'm pointing out is when you said, you know, you had the second company knocking at your door yeah. and you thought, well, what am I going to do for money now? But yeah. It, That's it, it, what we mean. For me and I went into panic because you know, for my age, I wanted the latest game consoles. I was buying the latest games, you know, and I was like, you know, I was one of the car and stuff. And I was like, what am I going to do? And it, it almost stopped me sleeping at night, to be honest with you. I kept thinking in my head, you know, how can I still carry this out type thing, you know? But obviously the answer was kind of right in front of me because why not just build kind of a brokerage where you can buy off one customer and sell to another one, you know, make a markup on it. Um, yeah, it's quite a saturated space now, but we, we were one of the first that I was operating, yeah. Um, but what, what is the, the jump off? What is the crossover into YouTube? How did that come about? Okay, so when I was, I'm going to sell selling these digital coins, which FIFA coins, for example, right? Obviously, Joel, who's my co-founder of X Academy and a lot of other big UK YouTubers, um, I built a relationship with because when I built this uh, this brokerage or this, this Shopify website, I was paying them to promote my to my website because obviously, mm -hmm. you know, they were making FIFA videos. Um, and what I was doing is selling selling coins. So in theory, that was a perfect audience. Um, yeah. You know, to kind of get access to. So I was going to do YouTubers who are obviously paying for coins out of their own pocket to, you know, to, to make exciting videos because obviously, you know, the more coins you have, the better players you can get and the more excited people get because, oh, this is rare. Um, 
And that's how I kind of build a connection with a lot of the YouTubers from ESU. Um, that's not really how X Academy is formed. I can get onto that if you want to, but that was also an accident. Um, <laughs> <it's>... <laughs> I love it. But that's, so that's how I made the YouTuber connection. If you are, I can tell you how we got involved with X Academy if you want. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Absolutely. I do want, I do want to know that. Uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, so obviously as I was getting into blockchain and stuff, um, I don't do much public speaking, but one of my friends who you'll see on the X Academy advisory board, uh, his name is Lee Parsons. He's behind a company called Dito Music, uh, which is behind Ed Sheeran, Stormzy, some big artists. And obviously I think the music industry from a technology standpoint is quite far behind other industries. Um, so I got invited to speak at an event in Seville with him. And this was the first time I've ever done public speaking. And as you'll probably tell from listening to this, I speak quite fast sometimes. Um, so I was a little bit nervous and stuff, blah, 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 blah. Went over there, did the event. I was like Ticketmaster there. And it's quite funny because all these big companies were like, blockchain is not a threat. And then I was using, I don't know, just for example, was like to Ticketmaster, why you needed when an artist can just do a smart contract on the website. And this was, oh, this was years ago now. Um, you know, I can come on Lady Gaga's website. I can just get a ticket. I can swap my money for a ticket instantly. Why do I need this first party that's taking big commission and stuff? Oh yeah, we're looking into it. And I was thinking at this point, I was thinking, these big boys, they're not, they're not understanding what they're missing out on here, you know? Um, anyway, so I was on the way back and obviously because I had this, this history of e-commerce websites, every Black Friday, I'd also do, I'm going to say a quick pop-up store. Um, and these quick pop-up stores, By the you know, way, any, cheers any, to that. Cheers any, to that. Any, I've got one, I cheers to that. I guess you could <laughs> um, Any, I'm literally trending products. So, you know, for example, segways, fidget spinners, whatever was kind of trending at the time. And for the first time ever, I didn't have a Black Friday store. So I'm sitting in Seville Airport, and it was actually, I think it was my birthday. It was the 23rd of November, about three years ago. Um, sitting there, and I was thinking, this is really sad. For the first time, I don't have, you know, something for Black Friday. So I sat there on the departure lounge, going through my phone, thinking, who can I call or who can I work with? And what, you know, what can I do? And I come across Joel, who's the co-founder of X Academy. I ring him up, and we're like, oh, what, what? I say to him, what do you think about, you know, uh, the world's first YouTube Academy? You know, let's just make a quick buck almost by selling uh you know four or five videos for 30 pounds or, or 45 50 dollars one-time purchase um you know and that's that you know shopify website again yeah. uh, i think the website might still be up youtubeacademy.co.uk it was um in the end uh didn't launch it because we thought oh there's um there's something bigger here you know look at kind of the subscription models look at the other upsells look at all the other services this is a lot bigger um than we possibly think um, so kind of put it on hold a little bit and yeah. going back to this, this blockchain thing again, um, at this point I was going to a, a blockchain dinner, um, in London, which is basically where traditional investors and VCs would meet. I'm going to say more of the nerdy blockchain people. And it was almost like speed dating. You sit next to a random person, um, and have a meal. And for me, you know, I'm not used, well, I'm a lot better at it now, but I wasn't used to speaking to people and I used to get a little bit nervous speaking to people. So this was a big thing for me, uh, sat down next to this guy and his name's Philip Lord. Um, and he had a, he had a mining, mining, he's a VC and he's got a, he's got a big mining company. I can't exactly remember where. And I had a mining company in Norway at this point in time. Um, so obviously we had a connection there. I started speaking about the market, blah, 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 blah. Really got along. I uh, didn't think, gave him my phone number. Didn't think any more of it. Um, went for a pretty big night out in London uh, with Joel. Um, and Joel, if you listen to this, you're, this is, uh, you know, you're jo basically Joel, Joel does not handle his drink well. So after this night out, um, normally, we, 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 he would be dead you know he would just lay in bed but for some odd reason he wanted to go to nando's i don't know if you've got nando's in miami or, or florida sorry um but it's basically a piri piri chicken uh, chain anyway so we went there and on the edge of that place uh there's a pub that just told and me what type of night this was by the way yeah well, yeah no <laughs> honestly this is um 
it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy how this worked out. It, there's another twist. So why is it? Joel goes, should we get a drink? And I'm thinking, what's got into this guy? Like, normally you're an absolute, like, you're dead the next day after drinking. What's got into you? And me being, uh, you know, a little bit spontaneous and stuff, I was like, yeah, we'll just have one. Here are the dog, they call it, right? So we'll have a glass of Prosecco, you know, and then we'll get on, we'll get on with what we're going to do in the day. Anyway, so a glass of Prosecco comes, two glass of Prosecco comes, uh, my phone rings. And it's this VC that I met at that London blockchain dinner. And he's going to me, what are you doing this weekend? I'm thinking, what do you want we're doing this weekend? It is the weekend, right? And he's like, oh, my missus away. Do you fancy coming to New York? And I'm like, wait, 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 what? what? Like, what do we, do I fancy coming to New York? You hardly know me. You just invited me to New York. Um, so I went to the toilet, come back. Before you know it, Joel's booked the bloody flights to New York. And this puts me in quite a bad mood. Um, I yeah, was a spontaneous to, like, trip to New York, but everybody I, I, in a bad you know, mood. But, it, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a good move at the time. Um, there was a, quite a lot going on. Oh, okay. A little bit frustrated. Um, anyway, in the end, uh, we go to New York. The flights were so cheap. Maybe $350 return on United. It, hand luggage only, but it was, the plane was empty. It was, it was ridiculous. Uh, got to New York. I met this guy, uh, Philip Lord, for a dinner. Or lunch, actually. Um, and he's like, okay, cool. So we're talking about blockchain stuff, as you would. And then he goes, oh, what are you working on? And obviously, at this point, I'm brand new to the VC in, in, in I'm going to say, investment world. What else are you working on? Oh, we're doing this YouTube Academy thing. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. And he passes me his phone. He puts his son on. Uh, Leonardo, his son, uh, he's what, seven years old, eight years old. And he's like, he, he says, oh, God, tell, tell my son what you're doing and if it's a good idea. And would he just sign up to a YouTube Academy? And he said, yeah, next minute you knew. No, um, he offered us, well, his company offered us $200,000 for 20% of the company. And at this point in time, I'm going mental because for me, this is like, this is absolute nuts, right? At this point in time. Well, you know, you probably also had him because you didn't, um, um, you know, just purely automatically go, oh, and here's my pitch deck. Let's take a look at it, right? Like was, that's He actually helped. So after that, basically what happened is he was part of a public listed company in Australia. And this is where the money was going to come from. Um, so then he sat us down and he was like, oh, do you guys have a deck? And me and Joel are looking at each other thinking, no, like we're not trying to raise money for this. It's come out of nowhere. So he helps us put a deck together in this little office in the middle of New York. Uh, next minute, though, we're going to Australia because the way that this public company um, was raising the money for us in theory was issuing new shares. So we were kind of doing around on a road trip. Anyway, in the end, um, it just sounds absolutely crazy, but we we thought it's, this is not the right people to be working with. You know, I think we slowly understood on our journey that, okay, money is one thing. Um, but if we're not trusting the people we're going to work with either, and we're already not on, you know, I don't think we're, we're, we're seeing to eye to eye and stuff. And, you know, I think some stuff in a shareholder agreement would give them a little bit too much control over the way we wanted to run our idea and our company. Um, we decided that, you know what, we, we don't want your money now. Um, you know, they, they took a long time as well. We're going to do this ourselves. We're going to fund this ourselves, at least for now. So me and Joel went away, spent a little bit, hired some web developers. Um, and then this Philip Lord guy comes back to me and he goes, oh, I still want to work with you guys. And I'm like, well, well you work for these guys. Like, what's going on here? Uh, before you know it, he's, he's coming on to us and he wants to, he had a seat on our board. Uh, he set up some meetings in London for us. And the first meeting we had, um, we actually sold 10% of the company for $500,000. Um, so it's, an, it's been an absolute roller coaster to get I mean, I, I go into there are some startup people out there listening to this that are probably very mad at you right now that you fell into a higher valuation, but that's, that's the story through and through when you hear the success stories, that's it. Just when you have the idea, when you're, when you're floating it around, that's just uh, something that you can never bank on, but that happens. 
Exactly. I think the thing is for us, I think we knew we had one bite and we knew we didn't actually go to raise money and we're getting people that are interested in this. And all these pitches we did in Australia, people almost taking us aside a few of them and said, oh, we'll try and find this ourselves." Um, you know, you don't need to go through these guys. And obviously I'm not, it's a whole new world. It's absolutely crazy. You know, there's a lot of backstabbing stuff going on. And I, me and Joel actually worked out that maybe we're onto something a little bit, you know, because it's such a niche. I think most people when they try and raise capital is for usually someone in not a saturated space but usually this competition this had no competition at all and it's obviously because it's fully digital it's obviously so scalable um i think that's a thing you know and and i will put a disclaimer here even though this is in no way connected to my day job at my day job um i teach at full sale university and in our outreach to teens high school just pre-college we have something called full sale labs and i've worked on a project with them and we do offer youtube classes robotics stuff like that um, but it's so rare to see this type of material, especially what you're doing, targeting directly to, you know, that, that age, whatever it is, right. It spans a lot, uh, a wide range. You, you could be literally any range and, and say, I want to do this. This is where I want to go with things. And so I just, I, I think it is a very unique concept that does have, um, competition, but I think the key of what you said was not at scale, right? Yeah. There wasn't anything at scale that was, that was really digitally delivered. There were, there were, you know, on-premises type things, uh, as I described, but hitting that idea at scale, who was going to be the first global player for it? And I think that's probably why you saw a lot of attention because you hear YouTube. And like you said, the guy talks about his son and says, would you sign up for this? Of course, the seven-year-old's going to go, yeah, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, daddy's credit card as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, um, so, yeah, it, the whole thing was kind of an accident, but this is, you know, everything happens for a reason, to be honest with you, and I've been someone that's always tried to make as many connections as I can in different places. Um, you know, for me, network is worth more than, you know, in, having actual access to capital myself, because I think network is capital in theory. Um, and obviously, I was quite lucky that, you know, because I made these connections at dinners and stuff, I wasn't trying to get anything from these dinners. I was just trying to meet people and build long-term relationships. Um, obviously things fell into place because of that, you know, that's where right. it all stems from. And the same with how I met Joel, you know? Um, so it seems like that whole thing has worked out very well for you, the networking and the positioning, but I want to, I want to take a bit of a detour here and I want to talk about the product itself with X Academy, mm -hmm. this productized service. So, there, when I'm, when you take a look at the website, right, there are several different aspects of this. And one, of course, is the educational material of, you know, you're going to learn from YouTubers who have done this, who know what they're doing, who, um, you know, everybody can go online and see the educational side of it. But there, there are these other parts that lead us into the ultimate tokenization. And, and what I saw in my initial research is it looks like you have a couple of things called Boost Me and Video Share. Um, to where you're trying to create this competitive, it's cooperative and competitive, right? There are leaderboards, there are all those things where the different students who are in the program in this in academy, um, the students in the academy can compete against one another to see who's performing better. But at the same time, it's very collaborative because they're incentivized to share each other, to watch each other's videos. Is that where your two worlds at that point of YouTube and blockchain collided is, is that what's being tokenized the, the watching of the students assets or what exactly is being tokenized? Um, all right. I'll tell you what, let me, let me talk, you know, what, let me talk you through the problem we had at X Academy sure. and why blockchain kind of fit into that. 
Um, so X Academy is going really well. Acquiring users, not an issue at all. Uh, but that same EA guy that I told you about at the start, um, I had a breakfast with him in London just before I actually launched X Academy. He goes, I love the idea, um, but you're going to have a major problem. And I was like, what's that? And he goes, you, you need to connect people together. And I was thinking, okay, cool. But I didn't really think much of it at that point in time. Fast forward, user acquisition is going great, as I said. But you've got this issue because we've got students, right? And students will watch all the educational content. Some of them will now make better content than some of the top YouTubers, right? They'll go and embed that into the forum. And at this point in time, before we go onto that whole four pillar system you just described, um, it was literally education, content, and a forum. And obviously forums are a little bit old school now as well. Um, yeah. you know, more, it's more instant messaging now. You know, you see like, you know, Telegram and Discord, and that's kind of what people prefer these days. But what would happen is, for example, uh, Chase, you would come onto Academy, you'd make a really good video, you'd embed it from your YouTube channel into the forum. Mm -hmm. No one would watch it and no one would give you feedback. We had all these users and it was absolutely nothing. It was horrifying. If you, it looked like a ghost town at this point in time. Um, and it made me panic a bit, you know, and I kept sending to other people in the company that we've got a problem here that we need to solve. And a lot of other people were like, that's not a problem. And I said, look, guys, there's nothing wrong in business with admitting there's a problem, right? Every business has problems. We need to find a solution to this problem. And that's you know? a major problem in education of getting responsive, the interactive component. doesn't matter if you're, uh, you know, a life coach, a professor, um, or running a YouTube academy, getting that engagement, it can be like, it can be like pulling teeth to use a common expression. Yeah. And like, for example, as well, if you do two YouTube videos and you get 20 views on them, your motivation is going to obviously go right down. You know, so we had another problem there with people canceling monthly subscriptions because they weren't getting results. And I was thinking, okay, what are we going to do? Um, mm -hmm. So I called at this point. Is uh, that YouTube that YouTube algorithm is a beast when you're first it, starting? It is. And we can get onto that in a minute and kind of how we're going to fix that problem. Um, sorry, really long day. Uh, I've, got, I've got to enjoy my wine. Um, so basically, <laughs> so basically um, I called someone up from Zilliqa because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm pretty well connected with the Zilliqa team. I've been in Zilliqa since private sale and since ICO. Um, and I call someone up and I say, listen, um, you know, tell me if this is a bad idea and this does not make sense. But I said, based off Brave and BAT, basic attention token, they reward people for consuming adverts. Why can't I reward people in a token if you now come onto XCanary's platform, for example, Chase, and you post your video and I watch 80% or more, and watch time is the main component of the YouTube algorithm. There is other bits to it, but the main one is, is, is watch time. I watch 80% or more. Why can't I get rewarded in an X Academy token, right? If I give you good feedback, why don't I get rewarded in an X Academy token? And obviously this token has some sort of financial value, um, which then means obviously if we then go into the four pillar system, as we realize as well, we need more to help our students than just content. You know, I think the Grow Me or Boost Me um, is, is a marketing tool, for example, connected to Google AdWords API, just an example. Um, you know, why not if I'm watching your content and I'm giving you feedback and I let this token balance build up, I can then go and redeem that to promote my own video through Google's paid advertising through our, through our wizard because people don't know how to use paid advertising. Um, and that was the initial concept behind solving uh, the engagement issue. It wasn't actually to be on YouTube directly at this point. It was actually just to be of an X Academy. Um, because obviously we did a few tests and we started using Amazon vouchers and stuff like that. I know a little bit more value, um, but we saw a huge uptick in engagement. Um, so we got on the call with Zilliqa again, uh, the whole Zilliqa team, or most of the Zilliqa team were on the call. And we we're like, okay, cool. Uh, we made a deck together. We're like, okay, how are we going to fix this? And this was, this must've been over a year ago now. This has taken a lot more time than I thought because there's lots of barriers and stuff to overcome. Mm -hmm. um, so then what we thought is, okay, cool. So this is cool in the X Academy platform. Um, 
why aren't we doing this outside of X Academy? Why does it have to only be an X Academy? You know, look how big YouTube is. It's the biggest web, second biggest website in the world, I think, the second maybe. Um, okay, cool. So we thought, all right. So Chase, now you're a YouTuber on, you're a YouTuber on YouTube. You are not an X Academy student. You have well, I guess you've probably heard of X Academy, but you're, you know. We can pretend, not, right, right, we'll pretend. Yeah, you're not a student. Um, so then what happens is you come to X Academy, uh, which is not the X Academy actual login you normally see. There's like a portal. Mm -hmm. And you can say, okay, cool. My name's Chase. I'll make really good content. I've got about 50,000 subscribers. I'm not too sure where this content, where I'm going with this, with this content, um, because I need to still do my, I'm going to say more regular job. I can't put my fo full focus on this. I don't know the monetary value. I don't know how I'm going to earn off this. And I'm a little bit confused with it. So you come and you go, I want to tokenize myself. Okay. The X Academy community, uh, it's coming token holders. Um, there's now governance that occurs and they go, okay, should we let Chase tokenize itself? Okay, they vote yes. Now what happens is um, a billion tokens, for example, a billion Chase tokens are then issued, okay? And it goes into three pots. Um, one pot is Chase's pot, which these tokens are vested. Um, and I'll get on to that in a minute. One pot is a viewer pot. Um, and the other pot is an X Academy pot. Now, as you grow, the X Academy pot is burnt. And obviously, as you reduce the supply, in theory, it just should be more demand, right? Um, I can't talk too much about price speculation. Um, but at the same time as well, the chase pot is vested. And these tokens that you have that are vested, obviously, you're probably thinking, where does the value come from right now? Um, the X Academy community also votes, okay, cool. So if Chase gets another 5,000 verified subscribers uh, this month, he's going to unlock X amount of chase tokens, which obviously you can then liquidate if you wish to. Um, and you kind of have a little bit of direction of where you're going to set unlocks and what you're going to get and kind of, you know, if I hit this goal, I'm going to get this, which is great incentive. Um, and there's also a viewer pot. So Chase, you tell your viewers to download the X Academy plugin or to download the mobile application uh, for X Academy. Um, your viewers then make a free X Academy account in the plugin or on the mobile app. And now every single time they watch your video on YouTube, 80% uh, or more of it, because obviously that's going to put you into the algorithm, which solves this whole growth problem we talked about at once, because you can be suggested to more people. Um, they get rewarded in a chase token. Uh, people can buy and sell chase tokens depending on well, whatever reasons they want. People can also use chase tokens to uh, buy merchandise, buy shout outs, because there's obviously a big gap here between, uh, I'm going to say, content creators and also fans. Um, you know, there, there is a huge gap, you know. I mean, you see kids all the time or people run up to their favorite content creator what photos, you know. Um, the closer they can actually get to the content creator, the better. So you can basically use that native content creator token now to buy certain, um, you know, to buy or redeem against certain services with your favorite influencer. Um, obviously, people can buy and sell them. Uh, we have influencermarketcap.com, and I'm sure you can see where we're going with this. Um, so these Chase tokens are all tradable in a decentralized exchange, which is currently being built by Zilliqa, which will go into that plugin. Uh, disclaimer, Zilliqa are building all of the blockchain technology behind X Academy. Um, that's, that's our partnership. Um, so obviously people can buy and sell them depending, you know, you know, if they think you're going to, obviously tokens are going to, but, you know, if they think you're going to grow, um, you know, they can buy more tokens. Um, they can also earn more tokens because you're probably thinking, where's the liquidity coming from here? Um, so obviously because of this whole decentralized technology, um, you know, DeFi scene we're going through, obviously liquidity pools is, is a major part of that. So now users without even, they don't need to know it's cryptocurrency. Why does it need to be really complicated? We don't tell them, oh, you're putting money in the liquidity pool, right? Just, it's a loyalty reward. It's a, it's a, it, right? We, I don't know if you did, but I grew up with Kool-Aid points, right? It's something like that. 
Yeah, and, and these 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 users are probably familiar with game credits and stuff, right? Like yeah. FIFA points, for example. Why does it have to be so complicated with all the dresses and stuff? We'll, we'll get into that shortly. So now, if I want to earn more Chase tokens by watching Chase's videos, I simply get my Chase tokens and some X Academy tokens. I lock them up in a liquidity pool. Now, every single time I watch Chase's video, I'm going to get a multiplier on those tokens that I earn, right? Viewer wins. Um, the whole market wins in theory because we're basically developing a whole new market because there's now liquidity. Because the only uh, trading pair, by the way, against Chase token would be X Academy token. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, now there's liquidity in that pair. So now people can buy and trade your tokens freely, um, you know, depending on whatever, you know, if they want to buy your services or if they think, you know, you're, you're a good growth candidate for the future. So each token, each creator token yeah. um, is pegged only or pegged is um, floated only against the X Academy token. That's correct. Yep. And obviously every content creator that tokenizes itself in theory is a new D app on Zilliqa. Um, now, if you think how big the YouTube space is and how many creators there are and how scalable this is, you can really see where we're hopefully going with not just the amount of D apps on Zilliqa, but the amount of transactions, you know, because, you know, you, you chase, you've got, you've got your own, um, you know, your own D app now with transactions coming off as people view your videos and trade your tokens. Now I have as well, uh, you know, two of your friends have, and before you know it, there's going to be thousands and thousands and thousands of DApps. There's not, nothing stopping this spreading out wildfire. I don't know how many DApps uh, Ethereum has, but, you know, I think you can see where we're going with this. We're really trying to bridge that gap on, on DApps, um, you know, in transactions, and I really think we can do that through this. And I think that's an important part of, of understanding all of this from, look, the token holder aspect, from the business aspect, from just the general interest aspect that these these DMs, these smart contracts that are running, if somebody wants to see a real world example of that running right now, I would just suggest go over to Mintable, go to yeah. zillica.mintable.com and you can, each store, right? Each store you create is a smart contract that then holds the NFTs you're minting. Yeah. In a very similar way, it seems like if I'm understanding correctly that each YouTube creator you, you, I imagine, are looking at applying this in other areas in the in the future. But you have that extension. Yeah, you've got um, each YouTube creator comes in can get their tokens. They have to be right. There's governance behind it, yep. but they can be tokenized. That that can float against the X Academy token, and then they can. You're really just building a marketplace for each content creator in and of themselves. Now that X Academy token, I think something that would be interesting for or rather that token holders zilliqa token holders would be interested in knowing is the xcademy token is that the main in and out to the marketplace is that where token holders would be able to go on an existing swap like zillswap and say i want to buy into this right i want to i want to put you know i either want to take tokens out and hold them or i want to put into the liquidity pool would that be an xcademy token or are tokens only going to be you know, not seen by blockchain token holders? Is this completely behind a wall? I mean, obviously on centralized exchanges, we cannot stop um, the content creator tokens. Obviously uh, it's off chain, the content creator tokens. So if Binance listed, um, I want to say YouTube name, but I want to be careful what I say. Uh, X, X person or X token, or let's say Chase. Uh, Binance list Chase token, they can, they, you can trade that against any asset on Binance in theory, right? But in our decentralized exchange- It's not to interrupt, but there's nothing that the governance, would the governance be able to stop that? Or because it's blockchain and decentralized, anybody who has access to, to acquire it could technically list it, right? Uh, I mean, because on Binance, for example, I don't, every single transaction is obviously not going through that smart contract. That smart contract uh, in the content creator token um, is- 
the smart contract that I'm going to say limits the asset it can be traded against. Okay. Um, so it's in the smart contract that you can only trade Chase token um, against X Academy token, for example. Of but course, there's X nothing Academy. to stop them from saying we're going to take creator one, two, and three, and we're going to bring them over to our exchange, but we're not going to take creators four, five, and six. I mean, they can say that, yeah, they can pick and choose creators. And obviously, if we had some of the world's biggest creators on this, you could imagine some of the biggest centralized exchanges. I think we've seen with Chile's recently, listing fan tokens of uh, soccer clubs or football clubs, exactly the same kind of concept. Um, okay. You know, yeah, I'm can... sorry if I took it too far in the weeds there. I just no, wanted fine, a, a better fine. mental model. Oh, so the X Academy token could obviously be traded against Silica, and the way a user will cash out in the plugin um, will be from content creator token to XCAD to Zill to Stablecoin. Um, that will happen from a one-time transaction though. You know, why does a user need to go on like a scary decentralized exchange and click all these buttons and stuff? It's too scary. You know, I showed it my dad and my dad's like, oh, what's this? Um, right. You know, um, so that's obviously where the Zill part comes in. And obviously the more transactions on Zill, uh, the more beneficial this is going to have to Zillica's performance in my opinion. And so will the content creators, they can write when they meet milestones. Yeah. It's almost, so it's that vesting period that you talked about. Yeah. But is there another way that they can earn back from the community, the tokens that are out there in themselves? Can they like release merchandise? Can they release yeah. uh, extra videos that are, you know, you have to pay in your own, that so I have to that, pay in my that, chase that, coin? That's where, that's where that service comes from. What I told you earlier, you know, when I said you can buy a shout out, you can buy merchandise that's using the chase token, obviously then that, that goes towards the creator um, okay. themselves. Yeah. And also there's NFTs. Um, so we are going to launch our own NFT marketplace, uh, you know, on the roadmap. And I, I don't think the documents are out yet, actually, but I can send you a copy of them. Um, it does say NFT marketplace in Q4, because um, obviously, I don't know if you saw Logan Paul, but he did about $4 million worth of sales in about a couple of hours um, on his NFT on Bondi Finance. Bondi Finance, yeah. Um, so that was originally in Q4. However, I think we're going to accelerate this now because the demand from some of these influences, um, we are going to allow touch wood influences from an early as April to create NFTs on Mintable. Um, and obviously how that's gonna benefit X Academy token holders is obviously X Academy would take a small amount of commission of every single influencer that tokenized itself. And we would use that to buy assets back, um, assets, X Academy tokens off the open market and potentially burn them. Um, because obviously right now we gotta look, obviously we don't have time because we're gonna talk, talk about timeline. This we're probably gonna list on exchange within the next 30 days. Okay. Um, so we don't have time as such to build especially with you know the nfts at the minute i'm gonna say we're gonna build an nft bubble to be honest with you um you know you got i think nfts do have a place we can get onto that but you know you've got bloody kfc and stuff making nfts yeah you know i saw one taco bell um when how is it taco bell and the way i'm describing them and i'm not being pejorative in any way but when we talk about the um the animated gif style nfts right those we're going to go through a bubble of those and that's fine it's just i think if we're all grounded in it and know that we're going somewhere bigger right we're going somewhere that has more utility value even though art is definitely going to be a core component of this you know the <laughs> so i'm going to be very careful where i tread here here but saying the animated gif style nfts they're never going away right we have artists who can create awesome digital works but like you mentioned we've got kfc popping in going like I haven't even seen theirs, whatever it is. I think, I think it was Taco Bell. I think it was Taco Bell's okay. So okay. Yeah, because that's Bell. what I saw. It was just basically the Taco Bell logo and a couple of colors like shifting. That was it. it. That was like, it. Oh, okay. That's right. I get it's, it. It's I am for novelty. They'll probably have a resale value because someone will go, oh my goodness, do you remember when Taco Bell did this? But getting to, I, I don't know how much down the philosophy uh, philosophy path you're you're willing to go, but I had a, I wanted to circle back to this plugin for just a moment. Mm -hmm. One of the original questions I had behind the scenes was, 
you know, are you injecting some type of analytic script onto YouTube, which of, of course you're essentially doing on the client side through the browser. I'm going to go really technical here through a, a browser plugin. So you basically have code executing in the browser that's modifying the browser's client side behavior. That's then reporting that information back to you. The, the alternative part of that question was, did you do that or did you build your own player? And so now that I have the answer, that you oh, yeah, it's, it's not, I think, you know, a lot of people in crypto, that's a really, I'm glad you brought that up. A lot of people in crypto, right? Uh, because it's obviously a new space. People seem to be reinventing the wheel on everything, right? There's so many projects that are like decentralized YouTube. Okay, great. How are you going to get these bloody massive content creators over, you know? Why not disrupt or add value to an existing space without changing a viewer or a content creator's workflow, you know? Right. So it is, yes, that's correct. It's directly on YouTube. It's not our own player. It's directly but on you know, do you have, are you monitoring some of these spaces right here on Zillica? We have Bolt uh, over on BitTorrent. There's DLive, there's Theta doing all that massive stuff Theta is doing. Are you monitoring that space? And um, is it somewhere for exploration or is it very much, look, right? I know nobody ever takes anything off the table truly. Is it open for exploration currently? Or is that something that you're very much in a land of, here's what we're doing right now. We, we, we can't, we can't operate in that space right now because it's too abstract. It's too far out. Um, I like to walk before we can run. Um, I, I do think, I mean, don't get me wrong. YouTube is not the only even social platform. You know, we've got Twitch, we've got Instagram. This token can plug into a lot of different places in different ways. Um, I am up for exploring any other You get platform. much bigger market penetration faster that way. I, I just, yeah. for what it's worth, I agree with your viewpoint there. You know, if you want market penetration, that you're going to go to the existing services. But of course, there's nothing wrong, you know, and I need to explore. So I'm aware of some of the products you said, but obviously I need to explore them further, you know, but if they start getting a decent amount of users and they come to us and say, oh, let's make a partnership, I'm open, I'm open to discuss, you know, because why can't this content creator can be used across anything or everything? Right. You know, why does it just have to be on YouTube? Um, but I think for launch, it's just, it, it will just be on YouTube to start off. But yeah, um, I guess in response to your question, we are aware of, I'm going to say other even decentralized kind of YouTube type platforms and, you know, uh, the doors open. Good, good. And, and again, apologies for the philosophy part of it, but when we're thinking about the tokenization of, so the creation of these tokens, yeah. and there's some earn rate that you get from watching if you're a viewer. Yeah. Um, in your mind, this is truly a, a personal question and maybe about your, your team and how you view these things. Sure. In your mind, are you actually viewing, or are you actually tokenizing the view of a piece of content or are you more tokenizing the analytical data that is the lifeblood of monetization and optimization and business performance? Has that conversation happened to where it's, are we monetizing the view, the act of somebody watching, or are we monetizing the act of them giving us the information and letting us have the data to know what they're watching to what rate? or at, at what percentage completion? Uh, I, think, I think this is more of a developer question because I think this type of thing has popped up in internal discussions. There's a few things around what you're saying as well that's popped up. Uh, I'm not going to comment because I don't want to say the wrong answer, um, especially okay. that I know someone's going to watch this afterwards. Um, I don't want to give the wrong answer on that. Well, my secret is I, 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 no disrespect, but the developers are the last people I'd want to talk to about that particular idea. Oh, they're going to watch this now. You're in the doghouse. They're <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm, in I'm in trouble now, but understand why. Is right. They're engineering and they're executing on what needs to be done. And so 
most of the time in that land, right, when you're in a technical land, you're saying, here's the spec and here's what I have to make, you know, I have to make the impossible happen. And how do I make it happen? I was, I think I'm coming more for, or more from the position of, there are different ways, there is a different paradigm um, for those two approaches and which one is the long-term business play, which one's going to be more I think it's actually more security focused from what I'm understanding. I think the main concern about the approach on how you actually judge what a play is and stuff. Uh, I think the main point that we've been paranoid and had to cross ourselves internally is, is security. Um, and I think that comes into, I don't want to touch too much on it. Um, that's understandable. A, yeah. I have a decent security analysis that works for EA. Um, that's kind of been advising us on it. Um, that I've kind of grown, grown up with for a long time, absolute expert around security, but um, yeah, I want to leave that kind of as a more developer question or, or sure. maybe when we're a little bit further into the project. Sure. So you called Zillica, you said, but yeah. you, you seem like you're also involved in a couple of different blockchains. You personally list uh, Rune, uh, Injunctive Protocol, uh, you're into doubt. What, what what about Zillica was, what was the vetting process to say, you know what, this is the blockchain I'm going to for this particular problem? Or did you vet Zillica against multiple blockchains and do some type of, you know, balanced scorecard to determine where you went? Um. Really good question, actually. Um, there was no other solution for me personally. Um, two things that come into this. Well, I guess there was other solutions, but that weren't right for me personally. Um, obviously, imagine running this on Ethereum, right? How the hell do you run this on Ethereum? You know, it's okay doing token generation event on Ethereum and everything else, but how do you actually run the main product when it's actually time to, you know, launch? How can you run this? Imagine watching someone's video content or trying to trade a token. You know, someone's, oh, I want to buy ten dollars worth of Chase token today. Oh, it's cost me two hundred dollars in gas fees. You know, um, Ethereum is not scalable. I think that comes down to the question of what is the future for Ethereum? You know, um, where is Ethereum 2.0? Where is that kind of going? And obviously I invested in Zilliqa in the first place from day one, because I understood that Ethereum wasn't scalable. This was back in what, 2018, 2018, or was late 2017. Um, I obviously, there is a few other blockchain, you know, you've got Polkadot, Cosmos, uh, what, what else you got out there recently? There's, there's a few of them now. Uh, you know, that are more scalable blockchains, but obviously as someone that's been in the Zilliqa community for a long time and also built relationships with the Zilliqa team and obviously yeah. Zilliqa have added a lot of value um, to me as a person as well. I'm not just talking the blockchain space. I mean, you know, I've learned a lot from being around certain individuals within Zilliqa. I don't think there was any other option for me really, you know, if the community, the team, um, and so far working with Zilliqa, um, I think it's been absolutely great. You know, I, I've, I, I've enjoyed it. When it comes to growing the solution, though, um, with some of the other networks that I mentioned before, with Theta, with um, uh, BitTorrent, BTT having DLive, with even Bolt here on Zilliqa, is there or has there been talk about a multi-chain approach or um, the need for a private chain? Or is, this, is, is everything leading you to believe right now that Zilliqa is a network and can handle you know, unless something changes, can Zilliqa handle everything you're attempting to do right now? Zilliqa can definitely is one of the only blockchains that can handle every single thing. Um, okay. Zilliqa is, you know, very few blockchains are secure, decentralized, um, you know, and can scale. Very, very few. Um, Zilliqa, I think, is, like I said, one of the only few that can actually handle this type of application. Um, I'm trying to think what else you just said in your question. You know, I I put them out there and then I let them go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what else you said. Um, no, across chain, across chain. Um, to be honest with you, the token generation event itself will uh, be on Ethereum. Um, then it will move over to Zilliqa at the end of Q2. Um, and that's mainly because most people in crypto, um, you know, if they want to buy the X Academy asset, um, most of the liquidity 
is on Ethereum. And most normal people these days already are aware of Ethereum and know how to deal with the Ethereum. Um, obviously, the fees is an issue. Uh, and there's another reason why the token generation event, which I can't disclose yet, will be on Ethereum. Um, you should see some news soon about that, but it will be on Zilliqa. Every single thing will switch to Zilliqa at the end of Q2, uh, because obviously it, there's no way Ethereum could run this type of product. Right. What will that process look like for somebody who buys in on Ethereum? Will they notice, um, right? Because I imagine they're buying a token, correct? Yep. And so that token, right, they're going to put it, and and you know, I'm, I'm sure there are parts you can't disclose of this, but I imagine they're going to put that token in custody somewhere. They're going to put it in... MetaMask or what, whatever they want to put it in. What does that process look like when then everything moves over to Zilliqa? Is this something where um, the the original sale is going to be towards you know crypto folks who know the space, know what they're doing, know what they're getting into, know how to migrate a token when it you know this is equivalent of going mainnet, but you're going mainnet to a different you yeah. know you're just switching blockchains. Is that the the original target, or is there some dynamic about this that I'm missing to where you know, somebody brand new in the space could say, hey, I've never done, you know, this crypto thing before, but this is going to be my entry. Yeah. Um, you know, what? that's a really good point. Obviously, a lot of crypto projects are only based on speculation. Very few actually have proper retail users and can bring on the same new growth into the space. Mm -hmm. This is one of the projects that can. So what it all kind of looked like is, I need to be careful what I say again, but I think the Ethereum bridge might be ready and out by the time we want to do this. Um, and obviously users will just be able to, most of the tokens, so when you can, when you earn these tokens and buy these tokens through the plugin, they'll all be on Zill. And most of the tokens, um, you know, unless people want to keep them on Ethereum, but I don't see why you would, um, I guess just for trading purposes for certain people, um, most of the tokens will be obviously moved over to Zillica. Um, yeah, I think you're actual... safe. I think you're safe because the official statement is <clears throat> end of Q2. And I do the, the cough thing because that is the official statement, right? Yeah. That we are perfectly and, 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 safe and, and, making and, and, and that this, claim. And this, and this will launch on Zillica at the end of Q2. Um, Zillica is already building all the smart contracts and stuff for the Zillica side already. Right. Um, so yeah, most of the actual act, well, all of the actual activities, so consuming content, trading, even, oh, I missed the key part. Within the X Academy e-learning platform as well, obviously people will be, we're going to go a little bit more of a freemium model and people that will be needing to purchase the token for the services, they won't even need to know it's cryptocurrency. So, you know, the, and it, this is all on Zillica, by the way, every right. single, so if a normal user buys into cryptocurrency, they're not going to get a long wallet address. It's just going to be pegged to their username, for example, a bit like unstoppable domains. I think you're, you've got an unstoppable domain, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A little several, bit like that. Several. Go yeah, over to several, unstoppable. Several. They're not paying for this. Go over to unstoppable domains, get a few Sorry. domains. They're, hey, Sorry. I love it because they're one-time payment, not, not every year. Oh, is that true? Yeah, I got into this with one of the folks over at the ENS, the Ethereum naming service. And um, I, I'm hoping to have said individual on the show uh, in the future. But yeah, I kind of <laughs> I kind of was throwing mud online and saying, well, you know, over at Unstoppable, it's it's one time. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. At least for what I have, it is right. Maybe they have different classes. I don't know. But for what I have, it's one time. But every single thing, so if you go on X-Academy e-learning platform, you want to buy, you want to use a marketing tool, you're buying a token, you don't need to know it's cryptocurrency. Of course, there's certain KYC and certain limits on certain transactions. Um, but that's every single thing. They are Zill tokens. Uh, you know, watching your video on YouTube, Zill token. Trading within the plugin, Zill tokens. All the content creator tokens, Zill tokens. The actual X-Academy token, the, the uh, content creator tokens are traded against, Zill token. It's just literally the token generation event that will be on Ethereum. So what can token holders in the Zilliqa ecosystem, you are one, you've been one for a long time since the very beginning, you said, what can we do to help make sure that you succeed? And then of course, right, whatever that is, I know because of the way it's built, 
it also helps us succeed with whatever our goals are. Again, everything is speculative. We can't guess yeah. on prices and, and valuations and ratios and all of that. But in general, what, what are some of the behaviors that you would need from token holders that are mutually beneficial, hopefully in the long run? Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I and I think you know you get all these people online at the minute, right? And actually, I want I want to compliment you here because I think something you've done the last week, uh, if I'm correct, um, it looks like you've got great design skills as well. By the way, we see all this moan from the Zilliqa community, right? Moaning about marketing, moaning there's no place to view all the products on 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 Zilliqa that are all in one place. You know, this is the problem, right? People need to actually contribute to Zilliqa more in order to be a success, right? And at the minute you get people moaning, but they're not providing a solution. And they're not taking care of stuff themselves. You know, it's in our best interest. This is how, you know, if you don't have a, if you don't have a community, if you don't have a community is everything in crypto, if you don't have a community, right. you're kind of screwed, right? I mean, look what you've done this week, right? You've made a, as far as I'm concerned, you've made a page with all of the silica products on, right? I don't At even least know. the ones I know of, yes. I don't even know some of those existed, by the way. <laughs> I don't even know they existed. But my point is, you know, the community really needs, needs to get behind silica and also X Academy. You know, because obviously the more successful X Academy is, whether that's introducing us to people in a network that we can make a partnership with, where it's YouTubers, um, where it's spreading the word about the project, um, you know, whether it's even coming to us and saying, oh, I've got an idea, why don't you implement this? You know, we're mm-hmm. pretty open. And, you know, I think that's how innovation happens. You have to go and listen to a lot of people. But I feel like people need to take initiatives um, and actually take action itself, you know? And I think that's, like I said, um, I think you've done a great job of making that website. And uh, we're, looking at, we're looking for a new designer if you're interested. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know, but I know a few people will, we'll talk, we'll talk off, off air, but I, I will say, you know, I think this is one of the points that's topical in the Zillica space right now. And I will remind everybody like, look, I don't want to get onto anybody. I know there are concerns. Some of them are valid. Some of them, you know, maybe they're valid and I just don't know it, but nobody asked me to do any of this, right? Like but, but, but Oliver, nobody asked you to pick up the phone exactly. and call Zillica and say, Hey, I have this idea. Exactly. Tell me if it works or not. Nobody asked us to do this. We saw our own investments and we thought, does this fit with our version of the future? Yep. If so, let's do it. If not, how do I make it align with my version? Because everything, everything else is speculative. And, and Oliver, uh, Ollie, you and I were talking before we started recording. I made the comment that we have for less than 10 years had this business class that we have here. Yep. We, we've always had owners, we've always had shareholders. But stakeholders who are t- utility, t- we have monetized utility. And for yeah. us to be able to own that, that's only existed for 10 years. So thank you for calling that out. If anybody has complaints, I'm not going to throw <laughs> you out there, but yeah, get in touch with me. Well. Like I'll help you put voice to them if you want. But we've got to try to solve these issues because a team of 30 people can't frankly, if you want to stay at $1 billion valuation or less, cool. A team of 30 people can easily do that. A team of 30 people cannot build a multi-trillion dollar, right? Whatever, whatever, you know, the future aims towards with inflation and all of that. A team of 30 people cannot build um, it's, it's community. something it's of that every size. Every single thing in blockchain, because it's speculative, like you just said, it's all community powered. It is. No community, no success. You know, right. that's, that, that's honestly the truth, you know? And I used to be, I have to say... Um, you know, I have moaned at times about marketing and stuff back in the day, right? But hats off to Zilliqa. You know, how can you say they've not improved the marketing? You know, look at Luna, Luna Social. Look, Zilliqa's always on there. You know, I think I've seen your name on there a few times. They're always up there, you know, and I've seen Zilliqa in a lot of places. Um, I've been- I mean, I've, I, look, I'm going to call this out. Um, 
if you would go ahead and stop tweeting, I could get a higher number. No, I don't, I don't, I don't tweet that much. I'm not really on stuff. Obviously, when you do, out. when you do, it's boom, top five. Yeah. I, I know. I did, I, I did notice that uh, this week, I think, actually. I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it a break for a little while. Um, but, you know, and all these people that are tweeting, I'm going to say negative stuff. I almost want to say a name here because it actually infuriates me. Um, but, you know, marketing shit, this is shit. Well, do something about it or make a suggestion on how to change. And also, this same guy, for example, is tweeting. So he's, he's got this timeline of all these abusive Zill tweets, right? And then he's tweeting somebody saying, you know, who's, um, oh, who's it space? Virgin Galantic. Who's the Virgin Galantic guy? Or not part of it. Uh, um, oh, you know, which math? Yeah. Yes, that's who I meant. He's Virgin Galantic, right? He's part of Virgin Galantic. He's an investor as well, right? Um, that is right, isn't it? Yeah, he was. He's not the guy running it. He's um. He was help. Who is one it. of the people who creates the shell companies and then takes others public. That's it. So all of a sudden, this person that's been tweeting bad stuff about Zilliqa is now tweeting this guy. He said, "Oh, come work on Zilliqa." And I'm thinking, <laughs> what's wrong with you? You're tweeting stuff twenty one seven is negative, and then you're tweeting something like that. If someone looks at your timeline that's coming into Zilliqa or looking again to Zilliqa, you're actually doing the opposite to what you want. You're actually causing more damage. Yeah, you and know? you know what I I want to say to some of these folks, and because right, we're doing this to put a face on everything we're doing yeah. and these are real human beings behind that screen who have a concern who have a pain point and i don't want to min i don't want to diminish that but it's you know when i was in grad school i complained about the school we're doing this wrong we're doing that wrong you're not holding me to account for this you're not giving me enough education on that you know and they they pulled me aside one day and they said like you know you're gonna have a degree from here are you are you really <laughs> gonna go spread all this bad information about what you think we didn't do without blinking I looked back and I said, no, this is internal information. This is what we talk about inside. This conversation doesn't leave these walls yeah. because we can build the best institution there is. These are my concerns, right? <laughs> like, you know. Nothing wrong with expressing concerns, but I think when you do it over and over again consistently about, you know, how, okay. Yeah, okay, Zilliqa can still improve marketing. You can improve any aspect of any business, right, within reason still. It's impossible to reach that limit where you say, oh, we can't really improve much more, right? But to say that Zilliqa's marketing is not improved when the price has gone up, what's it gone up, a thousand percent? It was under a bloody cent, you know? And these people, the fact that it's now retraced and, you know, is, is kind of hanging around the same price, I think it's gone up a little bit today. Um, yeah, and these people all of a sudden then bring out the marketing thing again, just give it a rest. You know, really yeah. give it a rest. It infuriates me. And I have been a person that has complained in the past, but there is no doubt about it that things have extremely improved at Zilliqa. I mean, they're taking a lot more of a commercial approach. And I do think they're a lot more aggressive with the marketing now. Yeah. So uh, what I want to do is take all of that and segue it into my, my, the conclusion I always do. You're probably familiar with it by now. And that is to ask you, Ollie, what have I forgotten? I think, I think we've touched on everything, to be honest with you. Um, I think we've touched on everything. Um, I think the only thing to look out for is uh, increased interactions on the Zilliqa network uh, at the end of Q2, I hope. At the end of Q2, we're going to be waiting on it. I hope so. Any, yeah, we're waiting on that breaking news. So where where are we going to get the breaking news when things happen? Is this going to be on Twitter? Is this going to be on Telegram? What's going to be the, the number one channel that we set um, the notification for? So there should be some news possibly in the next seven to 10 days or so. Possibly a little bit more by the time, possibly a little bit more actually. Um, Best place to get it? Uh, probably Twitter. Um, obviously, we've got YouTubers that we're working with to announce and they're going to be launching FTs, hopefully on Mintable. Um, we've also got, obviously, um, there'll be some form of, I'm going to say a raise. Um, I can't say too much around that raise, but it's an opportunity if people do want to um, invest in the X Academy utility token itself. Um, 
I think Twitter, Telegram. Um, I think you joined the Telegram last night, right? I think I did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Twitter, Telegram. They're probably the. They're probably the. <laughs> Telegram they're probably is the getting out of control. They're probably the main places. Obviously, Zilliqa's Twitter, because obviously we're not just building on Zilliqa. Um, we are in partnership with Zilliqa, you know. Um, right. And I think that's a key. That's a key takeaway point. Well, Ali, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I, I, I've learned quite a bit. There were some questions about how the implementation and the execution of the project impacts Zilliqa and token holders and the, the market in general. That you know, things that you probably feel like you tell people over and over and over, but for some reason, without these conversations, they just never get, right? It's like playing telephone. They never get communicated properly. So hopefully we can do that. We can get as many people watching this as possible so that we all understand here's, here's what's coming. Here's what we're expecting. Here's the general timeline and go from there. Ollie, thank you so much for joining me again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. So again, congratulations to the first winner of our sweepstakes. I haven't been collecting names, so I will have to get that in the email, right? We're flying by the seat of our pants here. We'll figure it out as we go. But the second giveaway from Zillica is coming now. And just like before, what you're going to do in order to enter is you're going to have to go to Twitter. You'll find the tweet where we promote this particular episode. The first one, you should find it on March 11th, 2021. And you'll have approximately a week. You'll have to see the contest for specific details, but you'll have approximately a week to enter. Keep doing all of those nice actions inside the, the sweepstakes in order to increase your chances of winning. And then at the end, we will pull a winner again. This week, we're going to be giving away a Zillica hat a baseball cap you're gonna love it so you're gonna want to do whatever you can to get as many entries as possible by interacting with twitter by interacting with our youtube channel by all sorts of things that are in the contest again go to twitter find our tweet promoting this episode and you'll find the link to enter the second giveaway Ollie and I talked after the show in a follow-up about the idea I had presented of monetizing views versus analytical data. It's a pretty big topic. It's like the old McDonald's idea of being operationally a fast food company, but really being a real estate business. No matter what, Xcademy is pretty big. It's a whole new layer of analysis and compensation empowered by blockchain technology on top of a tried and true service like YouTube. And in a way, it's also the realization of monetization through micropayments. This has been discussed as a big component of the web ever since the early days. Over nearly 30 years, many have given up and just accepted what is as being more enlightened. As if, oh, micropayments had been a good idea, but they're not practical, right? We, we know better now. PayPal and Square are great. They're, they're good enough. That's what we really should have predicted, right? But PayPal and Square are also moving into crypto because they see that unrealized vision and they know that 30 years of the web isn't enough to have reached the destination. Blockchain is the first viable answer to micropayments and democratized content monetization. I'm impressed that Xcademy is being so thorough. They're partnered directly with Zilliqa. I don't have any inside info, but I'm also somewhat at ease because this is disruptive technology, but within a framework. YouTube isn't unaware of Xcademy. This means there's a smaller chance of Google wanting to block the extension or remove it from the marketplace. The I's look dotted, the T's look crossed, 
I can't guarantee anything about the future, but Xcademy looks like a pretty solid hit in terms of tokenization, tokenomics, and disruptive innovation within the framework. In the age-old debate between evolutionary and revolutionary, what we really see are some of the best revolutionary products are simply evolutionary from within the current worldview. It's only after they've had their impact that we realize how big of a revolution something was. Disruption doesn't have to mean you tear down YouTube to build other networks. You don't have to tear down YouTube to build DLive or to have Theta. And Xcademy is perfectly in that sweet spot where they're leveraging existing and giant and powerful and well-backed technologies, but also bringing a new innovative spirit to that system. This is something to watch. Hope this helps. Take care, everybody. I'll see you in episode seven.